This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Kia ora. You're listening to the locals on Free FM 89.0. Ko Armstrong, The thing I love most about this show is that I can highlight phenomenal people. Often it's not because of what they've achieved, but because of their spirit. The ability to fight and fight and fight. I, I, I think Georgia exemplifies this through battling and beating anorexia and then going on to create their own business. Just a note, this was put together during lockdown, so it was made at home and is a bit rougher as a result. But let's crack into it. This is The Locals, and this is Georgia Metcalf. here in the mighty Mutu. Um, went through primary school and intermediate here. Um, came, well, lived with my mum and my stepdad the majority of my childhood. Um, and then my brother was a bit naughty, so he caused some mischief at Tiamuda College, so they decided they were going to um, give me a go at like at a dio. So did my um, secondary school um, years over there. So, yeah. Now I'm here in Te Aumuru still. So you finished school about a decade ago. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, what did you do when you left high school, when you left Dio? Um, so I'd say that's kind of where I had a bit of a turning point in life where it didn't... But yeah, I'm not sure. I felt the pressure, I'd say, leaving high school that I felt as I really had to have everything figured out. Like, especially um, within Dio, there was a lot of pressure to go on to your tertiary studies. And it was like, what are you going to do when you grow up? What's your career path? And it just felt, for me, quite overwhelming. So I um, enrolled in, because uh, I liked sport. I was like, sweet, well, I'll just study sport then. <laughs> so I enrolled um, to a Bachelor of Sport and Leisure and majoring in Media Studies at University of Waikato. Um, I was playing quite like highly competitive squash at the time, so I managed to get a scholarship, which really, yeah, so I got the full Sir Edmund Hillary scholarship, which was cool, like really supportive in terms of um, helping you with balance your like athletic bits and pieces with your study. Um, so I went through that, and yeah, I guess I just kind of cruised through, like I wasn't loving it, wasn't hating it. Um, B's yeah. degrees? Yeah, yeah. I had to have a B average for my scholarship, so yeah. literally, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, but then I think it was halfway through my final year of my degree, I got quite sick, like a heart out immune, autoimmune disease. Um, so I was hospitalised for a bit and I had to withdraw. Um, and then I think that's where I definitely saw all of my fellow classmates all go through graduation and then I was kind of like those same feelings started to come back. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Is this kind of the right path for me? But I was just like, no, nah, you've got to finish it, get it done. Um, so I went back the following year, which was quite hard to finish without all my mates and that. Um, but yeah, ended up graduating and 
yeah, came out with a piece of paper, which was pretty exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what did you do since at that point you were in your sort of the first half of your 20s, you had a piece of paper, Suriad had paid for it, yeah. and you were just rocking it with squash. Pretty much. I started, um, I'd say I started getting to, into the classic early 20s, Drinking, clubbing. Yeah. Bar 101. <laughs> Bar 101, the Outback. Um, and then decided that I'd do what every other pretty much early 20s decided to do. I'd get my London visa. Um, so my best friend at the time, we just kind of, I worked um, a couple of jobs here in Tiamudu and Hospo just to save up, um, ready for the big hoon overseas. Um, got there and hated it. Really? Yeah, I did. I felt like, um, once again, that I was just kind of going along with the social norms of mm. what I should be doing, um, rather than just actually checking in with myself and being like, what do you want to do? You know, like, there's no pressure here at this point. Um, I did give it a good go. I think I lasted two months. Yep. In the end, um, I felt real stink. Like, my best friend that I travelled with, I was just like, mate, I've got to tap out. Like, I'm not... This is not for me. Mm. Um, rang my dad. I was like, I want to come home. <laughs> so he booked me a ticket and we'd had like a massive leaving party here before we left. Yeah. And then I get back, I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Which was, um, yeah, quite embarrassed. Like, I, was, I was quite embarrassed. Like, yeah. I felt like a little bit of a failure. But I also knew that that wasn't going to be great to stick something out when I was just not happy. Yeah. So, and when you had you'd gotten home after a couple of months in the UK, after avoiding the what do I want question, um, did you start considering that question or what came next? Yeah, so then I, same thing, I was just I actually did not know what I wanted to do. And at that point I'd kind of, I wasn't playing squash anymore. I really didn't have a clear direction, I guess. Um, I was working and hospo just here locally and then my nana who um, I was very very close with she was like you just make such a great teacher and I was like yeah maybe I'll do that I'm gonna start teaching um, so I enrolled back um, in Waikato, to Waikato, in Waikato and um, for the post-grad oh, yeah. secondary school health and PE um, so yeah that was kind of uh, that was quite I was actually legitimately excited I was like cool like let's give this a go mm. um, and then yeah I just grew like increasingly unhappy and anxious and depressed um, and yeah still feeling like pressure but it was getting to the point where I couldn't just keep squashing it down anymore so yeah <laughs> I, I, I feel awful to ask but uh, what happened next? Yeah, so I was living with um, a really good friend, um, and for me, I was, I'd always kind of had this, um, I'd say like this eating disorder voice in my head, you know, like I never felt, I always um, struggled massively with my body image, um, with food, with food choices, with guilt around food, with shame around exercise, everything. Um, and so for me, that was a coping mechanism growing up. So if I'd felt as though I'd eaten something bad, then I'd go for a 10k run. Or, you know, if I, I would feel like 
um, a lot more powerful if I was refusing bad foods and just stuff like that that I knew wasn't quite right but also I was like well isn't everyone just a bit messed up like surely I'm not the only one um, but because I was really struggling my flatmate who I was living with she she kind of started to notice and she noticed that I was starting to eat less and less and less and exercising more and withdrawing from um, social situations um, and I was just pretty much miserable and you know as soon as you start to really cut down your intake you get malnourished <laughs> and then that even throws you off even more um, so yeah she just hit me up one night and I just broke down I was like no I'm, I was like, I'm not okay I was like I don't feel like I don't feel right I was like there's something wrong and then I kind of explained how I was feeling about myself and she's like no like this is not right you know she's like we need to get you some help um, so the next morning I looked I, I was on placement um, in Oetronga um, there for my teaching and I just woke I was like I like pretty much panic attack I was like I can't do it so yeah my friend she rang up the university and was like George is not coming in today and she's probably not going to be back in for the rest of the year pretty much um so for her taking that like just taking responsibility and taking charge for me that was massive I was just like oh I felt as though I could breathe and like my pain was finally like validated by someone else so you were in the midst of teaching, of becoming a teacher, but you had fallen into a, a, into a really awful cycle. Your flatmate was lending you a hand. What came next? Um, so we did the old visit to the GP, um, and this is where I hadn't really been around people that were struggling with their mental health. Um, so it was all really, really new to me, and I had n I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of was like, right, we'll go to the GP, they'll give me some pills, and I'll be great. I'll be good to go. But nah, that's not really how it rolls, I've learned. Um, but I did get an amazingly supportive um, GP, which was great, um, who instantly referred me to the mental health services here in Tiamudu, I was put on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds that I, they personally don't work for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where the next steps began. What is anorexia? Yeah, so I'd like, in, as simple as I can, a phobia of food. Mm. So you think of something that you're absolutely terrified, sometimes it's heights or bungee jumping for that it is literally sitting down and eating food mm. and you're faced with that well you should be faced with that six times a day <laughs> and how I suppose how, how ignorant is it when people say well why don't you just have some yeah uh, I don't know like I I it just used to blow my mind because you know the fact of like you want to live you want you want it you want that food so bad but there's just something in your mind that is not allowing you to have it yeah were there any other misconceptions that you encountered as you were going through the system or getting support um none that i can yeah. no really think about yeah it was just more the um understand uh, like the lack of understanding and misinformation and like the lack of like sensitivity around the topic i guess yeah. 
um, yeah. It's not a quick journey to, you know, to have to go through it all and come out at the other end in a better space. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how long did you have to grapple with this sort of monster? Yeah, so I was, I'd say, what was great for me is that I was, so I was struggling with anorexia, anxiety and depression. Um, they caught, well not caught, but you know, I was managed to get into treatment for anorexia really, really early, um, which helped my recovery massively. Um, I definitely got to a point where, you know, it was, it was quite dangerous, but I ended up being in treatment for two and a half years. Um, so that was twice weekly visits with a psychologist, dietitian and psychiatrist over in Hamilton. Um, so yeah, that was massive for me. Like without that help, I'd have no idea. Yeah. And uh, there, there's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity. And I think we're both aware of it. But um, what did that support mean to you? Yeah, so it was huge, eh? Because I, I I was really lucky in the sense too that I had a really small group of people that I could also confide in that wouldn't look at me like, whoa, man, you're cooked, you know? But it was a fact that I felt like I was just grappling this monster every single day and I could sit down and I could talk to somebody that literally understood ins and outs of everything and was able to give me coping mechanisms you know like behavioral changes and bits and pieces that for me like I was just so ready to get better like that's all I wanted I was I was just sick of feeling the way that I was feeling um and I really really clicked with my treatment team as well I've heard of stories where people don't um so I've just felt really lucky and privileged to even have that opportunity um so no it was it, was, it, felt, it felt amazing, if I'm honest. You're listening to The Locals, and this is George's song pick, Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande's Rain On Me, which I am told is a, quote, banger. I didn't ask for a free ride. I only asked you to show me a real good time. I never asked for the rainfall. At least I showed up, you showed me nothing at all.
galaxy I'm about to fly Rain on me, tsunami Head up to the sky I'll be your galaxy I'm about to fly Welcome back. So far, Georgia has taken us through growing up in the area, studying and battling anorexia. In the second half, we discuss what the food, which is grown into a popular cafe. One of the things that helped, if memory serves, um, I think reading your Facebook posts back in the day, was cooking. Yes. Um, what brought you into that? Because I think that's a that's the segue into the next big journey. Yeah, yeah. So with, um, I think it's a very common thing, people that are struggling with eating disorders, they get really super obsessive around food, around preparing food, um, and like wanting to get kind of almost as close as the food without eating it, as buzzy as that sounds. Um, but I was baking um, gluten-free, dairy-free, and refined sugar-free and vegan sweets for my cousin who I was living with at the time. Um and he just said, like, look, these are amazing. Um, I'm booking you. He's quite an entrepreneur. So he was like, right, you've got a market stall at um, the market coming up. Get a business name, get some recipes together. That's you. So. Fantastic. Yeah. In 2017. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I accidentally started a business pretty much overnight. Like, the um, market was a hit. It was, yeah, it was epic. Um, and from that, I really felt like I'd finally found my place, you know, like I had found that in my previous two times at university and all of a sudden I was just like so pumped and just like sharing all of my creations that were like so close to me and people responding so well, like, I don't know, it was just such a buzz, it was such a high. That, that's fantastic, and um, it's it's still a bit of a step to go from you know the likes of a food cart to a, a, a business here in town and a, and a shop front and all that. Yeah. Um, how hard was it to um, take that you know that big step? Well, like, I've been so lucky. Um, I was still backing out of my cousin's house, and then the opportunity came up to move to the Waipa Racecourse. Um, so just took took the plunge really and I was like right I'll lease the space so I could give them their kitchen back <laughs> pretty much um, and then I just start, it really started to just grow momentum through Facebook um, so the orders were growing each week um, and my dad who manages has managed a company for his whole life pretty much just rang me one day he's like look if you want to give this a serious go he's like you're going to need to sort your shit out um, in terms of um, having, you know, your business accounts being GSE registered, um, sorting out suppliers, all of that kind of stuff. And then as well as I had had a friend that was kind of acted as a business consultant at the time too, that I just hired to give me a hand. So it really happened really organically, but the steps were massive in a really short amount of time. I just was like, whatever got you lose, really. Yeah. 
What is what the food today? I don't even know anymore. Like, <laughs> um, it's been a massive journey, and like looking, it feels like it hasn't been that long, but it's just gone three years sitting in this space that we're in now, which is just mind mind blowing. Um, it's had a lot of changes. Like, I think that that's the biggest thing. I'm I'm not afraid to change things up if it's not working. Or if I'm not enjoying it, I'll change it. Um, because or else what's the point in working for yourself? Um, I guess I'm in kind of like in a bit of a new phase of life now where um, I've just we've just married this year and my husband and I are building a house and I don't I don't really know like where the what the future is gonna hold for me here, but I definitely still have a few things up my sleeves. Your back playing squash. Yes. Um, how has that been? It's been challenging, definitely challenging. Um, I yeah, I just decided that I miss. There was a part of my life missing, kind of thing. Um, I grew up with a lot of those people that I was playing with for so many years, and I was like, oh, yeah, I just kind of like my family and the squash club, local squash club down here is, you know, that's where I grew up too. Um, so yeah, it's been really nice to go back, um, just challenging myself physically and mentally on the court again. I'm definitely like a completely different player than what I was back then, because squash isn't my life, I've got all of this as well, so yeah, the amount of pressure I put on myself is nowhere near as high as what it used to be, so I'm just having a good time, really. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's someone listening to this um, who might be going through the struggle um, is there anything you'd like to say to them? Um, Yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help would be my number one Um, don't feel as though um, so my biggest thing is that eating disorders can occur at any weight, um, shape or size so don't think that because you're not skinny enough that you don't deserve um help or you don't deserve to get better I guess like I was probably at some of my worst mentally when I was um at a in a bigger body so yeah don't let your weight or size reflect um yeah what's going on upstairs yeah is there advice that you'd give to family members advice for how they should respond or listen to the to people going through these these situations yeah for me it would just be like tread carefully um because um from my experience it's really really hard to actually talk about um if you kind of don't have the right dialogue or the right understanding to go with it um just telling someone that they look too skinny and you've got to bloody eat something um or it won't, it won't work mm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like just approach the topic like kind of like my flatmate did, just like is every hey is everything okay? You know, like yeah. I've noticed, you know. So just like be kind and compassionate. Yeah. Le- leaving the door open for yes. that conversation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like don't be forceful because um, yeah, you'll probably be met with mm. a door slammed in your face. I'd say. Mm. So mm. that was quite powerful. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Georgia. It was great to have a chat, and I know we could have discussed the mental health system for hours, really. Importantly, if you're grappling with issues with your eating, support is available in the Waikato. 
The Specialist Eating Disorders Service, or SEDS team, operate out of the DHB. Their phone number is 07 Also, I found useful information on the EDANS website. That's ed.org.nz. And if you want to get some yummy and healthy kai from Georgia, What the Food is open Tuesdays through Saturdays, and they're at 4 Arawata Street, which is at the roundabout on the main street opposite Subway. And that wraps up another show. You can find this and other episodes of The Locals on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search The Locals. And I'll post those links up on the Dan Armstrong Y Park in Country Facebook page. We'll be back with another conversation next Monday. But until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. Arirā. episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.